is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanks, St Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. See now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let him make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go. Then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down the trees. But as he was cutting down a tree, an iron act head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick threw it in there, and there he made the iron float. Then he said, pick it up for yourself. See? So he reached out his hand, and he took it. That's quite an unusual story. And then Ecclesiastes. And that sounds impressive, doesn't it? Ecclesiastes. Chapter 10 and verse 10. And you can certainly see a little bit how this kind of fits together. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 10. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. Acts 1, verse 8. That's just our final scripture there. Acts 1, verse 8. Again, Sure, familiar with us, familiar to all of us. Acts 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power. If you ask me what's the greatest need for the church today, I'd say that right there. What we desperately need today is what? Power. Holy Spirit power. And Jesus gave a promise, you what? shall receive power. When does that happen? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What is the outward result of power? You shall be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, if you like, in your own home situation, in your locality. Then in Judah, a bit more outside, you're... you're, you're you kind of your world, if you like, and, some, and then to the, to the ends of the earth. What just an incredible thing though, those promises are. You shall receive power. It's a promise, isn't it? Every believer is meant to be a person who is, who is receptive of what? Power. You shall receive power. It's interesting, the word for power there is the Greek word dynamis. Where's Jackie? I saw Jackie, yeah. Remember, you, Jackie used to be in a group called Dynamis, didn't you? Remember that? She used to be in a group. Those of us, I dare to say, those of us are young enough to remember that. <laughs> so, but he said, you shall receive the word, whatever, yeah, the Greek word Dynamis means mighty strength. It means mighty strength to make the impossible possible. I love it. You shall receive power. You shall see, you shall receive the power to make the impossible possible possible. Another word for the word dynamis means the ability of Father. 
the ability of God. You shall receive the ability of God. Jesus in Luke refers to it again. He says, you shall be endured or you shall be clothed with what? Power. That's the, he said to himself, you're going to be in, that word clothed there means actually to, to put on a garment. In fact, the word is so deep, the word endure there is so deep in the Greek, it means to actually put on a second skin. In other words, you're going to, the, the power of God will so come upon you, it will be like unto you a second bit of skin. Clothed, endured with power. Like a second piece of skin that's going to be upon you. The ability of God to do the impossible will be given unto you. Can you say amen? Isn't that powerful? Clothed, endured with power. This power, we are told, is given so that we might be witnesses. Not just to make us feel good or have a nice feeling. It's really given ultimately to enable us to be witnesses. And that word witness there means to produce proof. Jesus says, you're going to receive so much ability and power, it will be, you will have the ability to prove the fact that I'm alive. That God's going to so clothe you with power, so endure you with power, so that you will be able to prove, you're able to give evidence that Jesus Christ is alive and risen from the dead. In fact, Jesus says this power is going to be so awesome, the greater works you shall do than me. Wow. You shall receive power. Here in Acts 8, Jesus says that you shall receive power is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In verse 5, he says, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, as a result of that, you shall receive what? Power. Just thinking, can I give you an illustration? Is that all right? There's water in there, okay? Now, often when we get filled, we're kind of familiar with that to be filled with the Spirit. But the word baptism is, is a far more in-depth, powerful word. The word baptism means to be immersed. Not just filled, you're immersed. It overwhelms you, it covers you. You're immersed in the power of God's Spirit. Isn't that powerful? You're immersed, baptized. It's absolutely a one-off, mighty, powerful experience. And you're immersed, totally submerged, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Every part of your being becomes submerged in that power. And so what happens, the Bible says often we get baptized, and then Acts 4, the Bible says they were filled afresh with the Spirit. Here's what happens in life. Got my scissors there. Let's try and... we get filled and there's the problem at times we leak is that right we go through the challenges of life we face all kinds of things in life and the problem is we get filled but then we leak 
That's why the Bible says you need to be continually filled. Because we leak challenges, things into our lives. So we need to be continually immersed in the Spirit. We need to continually fill with the Spirit so we're able to be all that God calls us to be. What am I saying this morning? God never called any one of us to live the Christian life in our own power and strength. Never. It was never God's intention that we try to live this Christian life in our own ability, in our own power, and our own strength. If we do, we would truly fail. And Jesus said to the disciples, don't even leave Jerusalem until you have received the promise of the Father, until you've been immersed with power from on high, because you'll never be effective until you receive the power from on high. But once you've received that, then you will have the ability and the power to go into all the world, to preach the gospel. I think the power of the Spirit is like living your life with your batteries fully charged. Ever try to ever had your car and your battery goes dead? No matter what else is working in the car, it's totally useless. You can have all the petrol in, you can have everything else working, but if the battery's dead, it ain't getting anywhere. Is that right? And that is true of our lives. If our spiritual battery is dead or dried up, we're never going to get very far. We need our batteries to be recharged, repowered with the power of God. And I think when that happens, amazing things are going to happen. Now, in this story in 2 Kings 6, it's a story of an axed. And I think that axed represents the power of the Holy Spirit. How many have found there's nothing like working in the power of the Holy Spirit? And that power is available to every person in this room today. I'm talking about the mighty power of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's available not for just people to preach. It's available for the man on the factory floor, for the housewife, for the guy in the office, for the businessman, for the Sunday school teacher. Nothing more is wonderful than to work for God in the fullness and the power of the Spirit. Can you say amen? There's the thing about this. This power, if you like, this fullness of the Holy Spirit, in a sense, is not for keeps. Because some people think, because they were baptized in the Holy Spirit 10 years ago, then that's it. Because there's the issue. is not so much did you receive the power 10 years ago, but have you got the power right here and now? Have you got the power of God now? Because what this story tells us is that we can lose that power. We can lose the cutting edge of our Christian life. That axed can so easily be lost. It says of Samson, remember the story of Samson? It says of Samson, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And that word there means he was clothed with power. The spirit of the Lord, God clothed him with power. But Samson lost the power because of that Delilah incident. Remember that? He lost the cutting edge. And it's so easy in our lives to lose the cutting edge. No longer effective. No longer have that power in your life as we once had it. The passion's not there. The desire for the things of God is not there. Our prayer lives become powerless. Things begin to overcome, come overcome us so easy. And we need 
the power of God. We need the power to live as a child of God. We need the power to be a witness. We need the power to be overcome the enemy. We need the power to love the unlovely. We need the power to have the, those right marriages. We need the, the, the power to face the challenges that life throws at us. Paul says something incredible when you think about it. He says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And we often think the word Christ there is like, I can do everything through Jesus' second name, if you like. The word Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. And that word anointing speaks of, of God smearing you with his power. That's what it means, the anointing, to be smeared with God's power. And what Paul is saying, he's saying, I can do all things. I can do everything that God asks me to do, not because I'm clever, not because of my ability or talent, but because of the power of Christ in me. He gives me the power to do everything he asks me to do. I can't do it without his power. The power of the anointed one in me enables me to be and do all that God has required me to be. Now let's, let's get back to this story. So this is what I really want to get a hold of this morning. Put enthusiasm in, but there is no success because there is no power. Once you've known that power, you know the difference. Can you say amen? You know how different it really is to do it with the power and try to do it without the power. You know the difference. I remember when I first received that power from God. So hungry, so desperate, so thirsty for God's power to fill my life. I was so tired of living a powerless life. I was so tired of reading the promises in here but not experiencing them in my own life. I was so tired of feeling so powerless in my witness, so powerless in my life, so desperate. And I remember, I can, tell you, I can take you to the place, the moment, the day when God filled me with his power. And the same way I received that power is the same way I've got to continue to be receiving that power. Same way I received it is the same way I keep it. See, it's not going to be our cleverness that's going to, going to get the job done. It's not going to be by our, our cleverness of presentation, our skills, our abilities, our talents. That is never really going to get the job done, and God never intended that was the way to get the job done. He intended that his work will be done by his power. All the skills, all the abilities, all the exuberance, all the enthusiasm, all the energy is useless without the accent. We need the power of God. Can you say amen? And the challenge is, are you living your life trying to chop up wood without an accent? Feeling frustrated and defeated and, and never really seeming to get very far. Never really seeing the, the yearnings, the dreams of your heart really come to pass because the real truth is, the power's not there. And God's saying this morning, I want to give you back your accent. I want you to regain the power back in your life. Can you say amen? Here's the thing about this story. Let's look back at this story. 
Here's the first thing the Bible says, that, that they were, were told they were in a small place. That's why they wanted the axe head in the first place, because they were in a small place. They were confined. Here's what happens. When you haven't got the power of God, you live a constrained life, a life that's limited, a life that never really is effective and powerful. You live a, a constrained, small life. And God today says, I can give you that power so you can break out of your small situation. So you can come into a, a great big place. You, you can fulfill the dreams and, and the things that burn in your heart. You can do it because I'm breaking you out of a constrained, small place and bringing you into a place of enlargement by my power. Notice this. How did they get the power back? Here's the first thing we need to notice. They went to the prophet. And the prophet represented the, the man of God. He represented the, the move of God in that day. And here's the incredible thing. We have direct access to God. We can go directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. The moment we realize we've lost our cutting edge, then we need to go to Jesus. We need to take our eyes off men, take our eyes off some quick fix program. Every time we do that, we always end up very disappointed. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm coming to you. I've lost my cutting edge. I've lost my power. I know I'm not living the life I'm meant to live, and I'm coming to you to cause me to regain my power. Here's the second thing, which I think is a powerful thing. They knew where they had lost it. They came to God's man, and it says, we've lost it, but we know where we lost it. We know where we lost the edge. And here's what I'm saying. If you would just stop quiet for a minute, you would be able to find exactly where you lost it. It's important that we realize where we lost it, because if we don't know where we lost it, we're never going to get it back again. Is that right? It's never going to revive back to us if we can, until we can locate the place. That is the moment. That's the time. That's what caused me to lose the power in the first place. That's where I lost it. Maybe for some of us, it began when someone hurt us, when someone betrayed us, when someone failed us. That's when we lost it. For others... It may have been when we started hanging around maybe the wrong people. That's where we lost the power. For some of us, is when we stopped doing what God called us to do. God put a calling on us. God called us to do something, and the moment we stopped doing it was the moment we lost the power. Spiritual gifts, words, and things that God gave to us. And the moment we pulled back on that was the moment... We lost the power. For some of us, is when we got so busy, we stopped having our time with God. And the moment we stopped having our time with God was the moment we lost the power. For others, maybe it's things we've been wash, watching, things we've been listening to, and it's brought a dullness to our lives, and we've lost the power. For others, it's that moment we got cynical. Or we got critical. Or we got judgmental. That's when we lost the power. 
I was going to try and bring one, but I wasn't sure it would be like to bring an axe to, to church, you know. I just had this picture of the police stopping with axes. I'm going to church with an axe. But as you look at the axe, the incredible thing about axe, it's a small wedge that holds that axe head on. Only a small wedge. And the Bible says, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It could be just a little bit of a disobedience, a little bit of compromising, a little bit of a bad attitude. And whatever it was, that little thing caused you to lose the power. Whatever it is, you know it, and probably those who are closest to you know you've lost it as well. I think we can tell when the precious presence of Jesus is not there as it used to be. There used to be a time when we talked to people and God just gave us the right words to say. We used to have such a passion for the Word of God. We, we used to have all kinds of ways God sp- spoke to us. and We used to have all kinds of words that we used to encourage and bless others. We used to have all kinds of prophetic words. We used to have such a zeal and passion to witness. But something has gone and we've lost the power. A woman called, I think her name's Lillian Yeoman, I think her name is. She wrote amazing books on healing. And one of her books, she tells an amazing story. She's a missionary in an African village, and suddenly they all start getting sick to the point some of them are even dying. They look at the local well, and they try to look at the water. Can't find anything wrong. So she traces the source of that river, traces it for miles, And then when she finds the source of the river, right in the midst of that that river, she finds a dead pig. And that dead pig had polluted the source, and because the source was polluted, all the wells and everything else was polluted as a result of it. So here's the point. If you've lost your power, go back to the source and find where did I lose it? Where did that accent be lost? Where did I lose that edge? Where did I lose that power? Where did I lose that joy? Where did I lose that peace? Where did I lose that sense of presence? Go back to the place where it fell. Here's the next thing. And as I like this one, they recognized they had lost it. Isn't that amazing? They recognized they had lost it. And they also recognized they needed it. Here's what happens. So often, we don't even recognize we've lost it. We don't even recognize how much we need that power. We don't recognize that we need that power. Here is the danger. We just go through the motions. We just go through the outward exteriors. Bible says, having a form of godliness, but not having the power. It's all outward exteriors. We go through the outward things, but it doesn't really flow from our hearts. We even maybe even say the right things, even maybe do the right things, but we have a form and no power. And that was the warning that God says in the last days, in the, in the last day church, we can have churches have all the outward exteriors right. Do all the right things, but the problem is 
There is no power. It's just a fool. It's just an outward exterior. But God wants you and I to have the what? Have the power. Can you say amen? Here's the next thing. They took responsibility for it. Was it something you did? Something you, you neglected? Something you did or didn't do? It's saying, God, I recognize that. I admit it. I don't blame other people. It's not my wife's fault. It's not my child's fault. I recognize that I lost the cutting edge. If you've lost your cutting edge, nobody can lose it but you. The Bible says, give no place to the devil. It didn't say the devil can take a place. It says, don't give him a place. If he's taken ground, it's because you gave him ground. Jesus said, my joy I give to you, and no man can take that from you. Nobody can take it away. And I think it's the same with our cutting edge. If we've lost our cutting edge, it's because at some point, we gave it away. You know, the amazing thing is, even though you can go through pressures and problems and all kinds of difficult circumstances in life, you know, the amazing thing is, if you react correctly, that won't dull your edge. It will actually increase your edge. They're amazing. I've seen some of the most powerfulest people in life have been some of the people who have gone through the biggest heartbreaks in life. They've just used the problems and the circumstances not to, not to cause them to lose their edge, but it's caused them to sharpen their edge. They're sharpened. They've been sharpened by it. So recognize and take response and say, God, it was me who lost your edge. It's because of that situation, because I've reacted, because of what I did, that meant that's where I lost the power. That's where I lost the cutting edge. Here's the next thing I like. This is what the prophet did. The Bible says the prophet cut a stick, and he took the stick, and he threw it into the water. You know what that represents? I think that's a picture of the old ruddy cross. It's a picture of the cross. That Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient to take care of all our problems, to restore us no matter what our spiritual state is. He can cleanse us and bring us back to the place where we should be. Jesus says, if you would just come and, and experience and encounter the work of the cross, it's enough to restore you. It's enough to restore every blessing, every deliverance. If you would apply the work of the cross, it's enough to restore you no matter how far you've wandered for the place where you should be. He took your failures and he nailed it to the cross. I believe his blood is enough to take care of everything. It's enough to cleanse us. It's enough to bring us back to the place where we should be. I found this. I think the cross and the blood of Jesus is the only power that can do it. It's the cross. It's the power of the blood. And because of that, we can know that restoration again. I just love the power. I just love that word restore. Something that just stirs me more than I just love the word restore. Because you know when God restores, it doesn't bring you to the place where you were. It always, it's always better. God's restoration is always better than what it was before. And because of the power of the cross, if we would just come to the cross and say, God, I've lost my cutting edge. I've lost the power I once knew. Would your blood just cleanse me? 
I come to the cross and say, God, would you restore back to me the power that I lost? And because of that stick, because of the work of the cross, if you would apply it, it's enough to restore you. The priests, the priests, they were smeared with oil on their ear, on their thumb, and on their toe. That ear represented the ability to be able to hear God and, and know his closeness and his nearness. On the thumb, it spoke of the work of their hands. Their toe meant the walk, how they would walk with God. Once they'd smeared the blood on the ear, on the thumb, on the toe, then they applied the oil, which speaks of the anointing and the power of God. Until we are first cleansed by the blood, we can't really know the all and the power. And God has given you enough power to know his voice, to know his closeness, to know his nearness. He gives you enough power to cause the work of your hands to be effective and powerful. And he gives you the power to walk as he has called you to walk. You've just got to come to that cross and say, Jesus, I need your blood. I found this. The eternal spirit responds to the blood. It's the blood. As you apply that to your life, the power of God will be restored and you'll know a fresh cutting edge in your life. Can you say amen? Oh, I love that. The power of that cross. Here's the incredible thing. is The accent began to float. Isn't that amazing? King James says it this way. The iron did swim. A picture, I just had this kind of weird picture, really, of an axe head doing a backstroke or something, you know, just flowing and just... It says, the axe head did swim. It's not a nature of the axe head to swim. But God so worked a miracle. He can restore what's been lost. He can bring restoration. He can bring the power back. He can bring the cutting edge back. Just as you don't have it for keeps... You can have it again if you've lost it. Let's get back to Samson. Even though he lost the power, the Bible says he had his eyes plucked out. The Bible says that he was chained up. But he cried out for God. He says, God, just one last time, give me back the power. And the Bible says his, his hair had began to grow, which was a sign of his, of his special set of partners for God. And he says, God, just one more time. Give me back your power. And the anointing and the presence of God fell on him afresh. And you're here this morning. And maybe you've lost that sense of his presence, that sense of his power in your life. You could come as Samson and say, God, would you release a supernatural work of God in me to regain back my cutting edge, to regain back my power. I, cannot, I can't live this life. I can't face the challenges I'm facing. I can't face the difficulties I'm facing. I can't do it without your power. I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I'm yearning again to regain my cutting edge again. Would you cause a supernatural work of your spirit to cause that accent again to float up in my life? Here's the next thing. As you read that story, as I finish with this, as the axe head floated right to the top, this is what the prophet of God said to him. He says, reach out and take it. 
That's simple. Reach out and take it. And here's the thing, by faith, you say, Lord, because you died on the cross, I go back to the place where I lost that power, I call upon you again, and by faith you reach out and you take it. Isn't that wonderful? You just reach out and you receive it back. They get a hold of this. Where did they get the axe head from? The Bible says they got it from the river. That's where the axe head floated, in the river. And I felt such a strong word come to my heart for us this morning. For me and for all of us here this morning, God says, get back into the river. Quit standing on the banks. Get back into the river. Because that's where the power is. That's where the anointing is again. Get back into the river. Get back into it. Because if you get back into that river of God, your power will be restored back to you. Get back into the river. I was thinking, how many of you, how many of you have ever done scuba diving? Some of you have done it. And then you start coming snorkeling. You know, going to sea, I've got to swim in 80 degrees temperature. You know, I, that's, but the little bit of snorkeling I've done, it's amazing when you go under the water. Is that right? It's a totally different realm. It's a bit boring to swim on the top, you know, with your mask on. But when you're under that water, it's a wholly different realm. Thing is, you can't live in that realm unless you've got your oxygen in. Is that right? You can't live underwater. You can't experience a totally different dimension unless you've got your oxygen in. got the air to breathe down there. And there's where I felt the Spirit of God revealed to me. We're called to live in, the Bible says, in the kingdom of God. That's where we're meant to live. We're not meant to live in, in just this earthly, natural realm. We're called to live and we're called to be part of the kingdom of God. It's a totally different realm. Wholly different realm to the natural life. Matthew 5 to Matthew 7 talks of how we, the kind of way we behave in that realm. The forgiveness and, 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 and the mercy that we show and, and the way we behave as kingdom people. We are called to be kingdom people that live in that kingdom. I tell you what, as you, act, as you read Matthew 5 to Matthew 7, you'll never live that type of life without the power of God. The Bible also speaks to on the kind of works we should do in the kingdom. Healing the sick, casting out devils. That's the work of the kingdom. You'll never do that without the power of God. In fact, I've often said this, you won't even heal, heal, a gnat with a headache without the power of God. And so we're called to be kingdom people, to have a kingdom mentality, to live a kingdom life that is totally different and separate to everybody else. Totally, utterly different. Kingdom behavior, kingdom lifestyles, kingdom thinking, kingdom power. How do I live in that realm? I get submerged in the river. And as I allow that river to submerge me, I'm taken into a whole different realm. I live a way I can never live in my own power. I begin to see things I could never possibly naturally see. I begin to do things I could never do my own power and ability. I begin to speak words. I begin to live a life that is absolutely, totally, utterly different to the realm around me because I'm living in a new realm. I'm living in the realm of the kingdom. But God purposely enabled us to live in that kingdom by his spirit. 
not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says Lord. And the whole idea of being immersed in the power of God is so that you and I can live this kingdom life. So we begin to bring the kingdom. Jesus says, let your kingdom come. What's the kingdom? It's the atmosphere of heaven. That you would bring the atmosphere of heaven to a broken, falling world. How are you going to do it? You get immersed in the power. And when you get immersed in the power, you begin to live out the life of the kingdom. Heaven begins to invade your life, your home, your street, your, your community. And where we want to go? To God invades the whole island. <laughs> By believers living kingdom lives and letting that kingdom work in us and flow out of us. Jesus says, I will cause a river to be put in you. And out of your innermost being will flow a most amazing, awesome river if you're thirsty. If you're saying, God, that's what I want. Kingdom. Let your kingdom, let your atmosphere be in me and through me. Take me to the river. How many quit? How many are fed up living on the riverbank? How many want to jump in that river and get immersed? So your life will never be the same again. And you can be the person that God says, this is the way you're meant to be. Living in the power of my life. Let's just come before him right now in these moments. Oh, how we need in these days a baptism of power. Our world is so broken, so hurting. And no amount of human energy and human power is going to solve the problem. Only his power. Only the power of the living God can solve that situation right now. And we are vehicles. We are vessels whom that power can flow through today. Why don't you lift your heart up to heaven and say, Today, God, I need your power. I've been trying to live this life in my own power and strength, and I've failed. Some way, somehow, I lost the power. I lost it. I've lost my axe head, and I need it back again. I lost it, and I want to get it back. God is so merciful, so gracious. But today, if you would just reach out, you can take back that power back. Maybe you've never received that power in the first place. See, if you've never had it, you don't know what it's like to lose it. Maybe you've never, ever received that power, that immersion, that baptism in the Spirit. And maybe that's your first step to a new way of living. Suddenly now you're witnessing the words that you speak, the way you live your life will be absolutely, totally different. Maybe others have received it, but somehow along the way through life's pressures and difficulties, we've kind of somehow lost that cutting edge. We're just on the bank. And we need to get back in that river. And God's so wonderful, so gracious. He said, there's a river flowing. Jump in the river. Just submerge yourself in it. Let it cover you. Every part of your being just submerged in his mighty river. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I just want to do a worship song in these moments. And 
as we worship in the Lord in these last moments together, if there's something in your heart that says, you know what? I need to get the power back. I need to get back in that river. I need to get that cutting edge back. I want to be that witness that really radically touches other people. But I can't do it in my own power, my own strength, my own ability. I'm too, I'm too worn out trying to do that. Emerge me back in the river. Just as a worshiper, Lord, now, if that's you in your heart today, or also maybe this morning you need healing, we'd love to pray for you this morning. You need healing in your body, you just need a touch from God this morning. I believe there's a wonderful river flowing. So just come, come on, let's jump in the river and let that river carry you. Who knows where he could carry you? Who knows what that river could do in and through you today? So thank you this morning just as we worship the Lord today if you need prayer. We're just here to just pray. Thank that river. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delance Healing Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. 